Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Witchy Wellness Radio. This is the show how you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way, they're actually leading the way. And do we have a beautiful guest for you today? We have Mary Ellen Reeder here. She is a co director of Yarlap, the wellness device to treat urinary incontinence and improve sexual performance and experience through muscle control. Mary Ellen spends a lot of time researching and finding out what's new in the pelvic floor world and the social media realm. She strives to empower women through their pelvic floor muscles, and she enjoys getting to know her customers so through social media and speaking events and inspiring people why the Kegel exercises in Yarlap are so important. Mary Ellen and her dad have emerged as the leading voice in the pelvic floor and sex tech wellness space. I'm so excited to talk all things pelvic floor today. A welcome, warm welcome to the show, Mary Ellen. Thank you so much. This is going to be a really exciting little conversation, a little a little out in left field from most people's norms, but yeah. uh, I think it'll be exciting. I think it will be too, because I think as women, what if you experience incontinence or not, I feel like we're so disconnected from that part of our body. A lot of people don't even know what a pelvic your pelvic floor is. Yeah, you've probably heard of Kegels, but that maybe that might be the extent of that. Um, so I would love to, to hear. I know you told me off air, and I'm like kind of enticed here. Your story, she like was like, Oh, well, I've got a story for you <laughs> about how did you get into this pelvic floor um tech space, really? Yeah, so actually, my dad is the medical device engineer, and I was all about women's health and women's wellness. and kind of how um, it's often pushed under the rug. We don't ever talk about it. And when we do, it's a very superficial, um, fluffy piece, right? And so I uh, interned for Women From an International and was very into women's rights and all that other stuff. And I was going upon graduating college and my dad had just gotten FDA clearance for the Yarlap and he proposed that we work together because I have absolutely no filter and I don't mind telling people about really weird things. Uh, And I looked at him and I said, I don't want to, 
I don't really want to talk about diapers and I don't want to talk about um, old people. I don't want to do that. And he looked at me and he said, well, that's incredibly wrong and insensitive. Uh, Just Google it and then let me know. And I'm not even kidding. Within like 20 minutes of Googling it, I realized how stupid um, and arrogant and ignorant my statements were. And (laughs) came back to him and I said, I think we got something here. I think that we could really break and kind of shake things up. And went to go get coffee with my girlfriends. And I said, how many of you guys pee when you laugh, sneeze, or cough? And two of them who are my age, uh, 21 at the time, they said, I do. Or I was 20, sorry, I was 23 at the time. And they said, I do. It's not, it's not weird. It's not a big thing. Um, it's not incontinence. It's just, I just do it. And um, it is what it is. And I thought, oh my gosh, my close friends, my people, they don't even know what this is. And they're afraid to talk about it. And they're ashamed to, to admit that they have this. And they don't want to ever talk about vagina things or anything interrelated to anything below the belt. And I got so excited and I went to my dad and I said, this, we're doing this. Like, this is going to be so fantastic. So my dad and I created Yarlap and we now talk to women about their pelvic floor muscles and everybody always gets kind of a little curious and weirded out. They're like, you you talk to your dad about this stuff. You talk to your dad about your pelvic floor muscles and vaginas and orgasms, like, cause they're all interrelated. And I thought, and I think, no, I don't. I'm, I kind of do, but we're kind of, we're business partners. Um, so I don't like walk in in the morning and go, hey, dad, what's up? How's the vagina world? Or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I don't do that. But I remember my dad was the one I went and talked to when I got my period. So it has always been him that has taught me about health and wellness and that a vagina is a vagina, a penis is a penis, an anus is an anus. They're not a coochie, a vagina, a JJ, um, a ding dong or a dick. And, you know, it, they never had pet names. A body part is a body part and they should be addressed as such. And if something's not right or something's not working properly or something hurts, you go to the doctor and you explain it in terms that are like, I know what I'm talking about. Take me seriously. I am going to be my own advocate because I know a lot of times, a lot of people don't have that ability. And so it was ingrained at a very early age that a body part is a body part, no shame. So that's kind of how we got together and created this. And it's been a roller coaster in the weirdest and most fun way. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. Love that. And I love, I mean, it's something that needs to be destigmatized in general, but I find that so much of our power, not only physically, but emotionally, I mean, sexually, we disconnect from that part of our bodies. And when you can tone your pelvic floor, you get really in tune for me emotionally and like spiritually, like I tap into kind of who I am and people think pelvic floor is just incontinence, but so much more than that. Um, Let's go kind of the medical route first. Like what, like 
what is a, your pelvic floor? You know, where is it located? Like, what are the purposes for it? You know, just pelvic floor 101 for those of us who are like, what the heck? <laughs> where is this? Yes. Part? And do I have one? Yes, everybody has one. So it is the group of muscles and they kind of intertwine and zigzag around your pubic bone to the base of your spine. Uh, if you're a visual learner like I am, imagine a hammock almost of muscles that are a foundation or root that hold your bladder, your uterus, or your visceral organs in their natural position. So it is the floor to everything. And you really want to make sure it's toned, it is strong, uh, and it is doing everything because it really is the foundation for everything. Uh, Everything else is laying on top of it. And when you go through things, whether it is childbirth, pregnancy, um, whether it is repetitive motion through athletics, for instance, running, jumping, hard landing. A lot of gymnasts, uh, gymnasts have this issue. Um, uh, running, big one, anything like that, where you have this repetitive motion, this trauma, or um, a, a big, a big event, uh, and you're not toning it at the same time that possibly getting weakened that atrophy can cause your hammock to sag a little bit. And when it sags, everything shifts from its natural position. So your uterus, your bladder, your visceral organs shift from their natural positions. And your bladder is at the bottom of that uh, pyramid almost. And if you don't have that tone when you laugh, sneeze, and cough, what happens is it's a lot of pressure and it comes down and you don't have that floor anymore. You don't have that foundation to hold it together and you accidentally have these little leaks, these uh, unwanted involuntary leaks. And sometimes if your muscle is atrophied, it hasn't been used in a while, it will spasm. And so you'll sometimes get these urges to go to the bathroom and you can't hold it anymore. And some people have a mix of all of that. And it's extremely common. One in three women in the USA alone uh, has some form of urinary incontinence, some form of involuntary leaks. So it's a, it's a big thing that we almost, I feel like, tell women to suck it up um, and put a Band-Aid over it. You know, it's just a part of being a woman. Suck it up. There's nothing you can do about it. And that is so wrong in so many ways uh, and, and false. Uh, and I kind of want to just <laughs> take a big, like, giant sky riding everywhere and just write, this is wrong. Yeah, you're in the right place to talk about that here, sister, for <laughs> for sure. Because you know we're all about alternative health, women's health, and understanding like what is actually normal in our bodies. What like what are our bodies supposed to be doing, and not normalizing these things like by slapping band aids on them. Um, I know you talked about incontinence, but are there other like symptoms that you might? have or like common things might pop up that if you have pelvic floor weakness yeah yeah it's almost it's almost a spectrum really of Mm -hmm. pelvic floor tone you can either have a incredibly tight muscle hyper you know on the end of hypertonus it's extremely hard um constantly clenched almost and a lot of people report having really painful sex um it feels like being stabbed it's very hard to get anything inserted. And then you have on the opposite end where 
the pelvic floor is just very weak in, in that it's kind of sagging and everything. And you can be a little bit of both. And it, it's just a big spectrum. And so when people say, uh, I have pelvic floor dysfunction, that's more of the umbrella term for it is, you know, incontinence isn't just because you have a, you have, um, a loose vagina. I, I hope people can see me putting that in quotes because there's no such thing as that. Uh, it's not that it can be also because you are clenched all the time. Uh, lackluster orgasms. The, if you think back about the last time you've had an orgasm, if you think about the pulsating feeling, the waves of pleasure, that pulsating feeling, that's actually your pelvic floor working out. That is your pelvic floor clenching and relaxing. And there are a lot of theories about that. I'm going off on a tangent. Please do. I was going to ask more about this in a minute. So you're, you read my mind, girl. Tell us all about the orgasm. How, uh, how quickly in a conversation can Mary Ellen start talking about sex really quickly? Um, that waves of pleasure are your pelvic floor muscles. And there are a lot of camps because there's not a lot of, uh, there aren't a lot of studies yet here in the United States based on women's pleasure. So there are a lot of theories. There are a lot, there are some in, you know, Australia, Great Britain, in Europe, uh, hardly any here in the United States yet. But one of the camps is that your pelvic floor, your orgasm is actually a tool that was designed, an evolutionary tool to keep your pelvic floor muscles toned. Because again, when you have an orgasm, you have a strong response to the orgasm. You have a big clench feeling, these waves of pleasure, that pulsating feeling, and it's strong. And so that is your body basically getting a workout and ensuring that your pelvic floor muscles are toned. That's one of the camps. I mean, um, I'll work out all the time, <laughs> right? Everybody should be my doing kind of workout. workout. <laughs> <laughs> I that is something that I could definitely get behind. Um, and so that there is there is that aspect, the the sexual aspect of it, that when you have a more toned pelvic floor, stronger uh, pelvic floor muscle, you have a stronger response to the orgasm, and you have more control over it. Uh, there are some people who don't like the word toning. There are some people who don't like the word strength. So it's kind of like a tiptoe situation, but uh, using, I guess, FDA cleared wording, tone, more tone pelvic floor equals a stronger response to the orgasm more likely for you. So lackluster orgasms, if you experience that, check out your pelvic floor muscles, see where you fall on that spectrum because a lot of people like me, before I started working with Yarlap, believed that the Kegel exercise is the one size fits all. It is the only exercise you can do. It tones your vagina. It does all these these magical, wonderful things. And in reality, uh, it actually tones your pelvic floor muscles. And if you have a tighter pelvic floor muscle, you don't want to be doing and clenching an already clenched muscle. You want to learn how to relax. And so there are pelvic floor relaxation exercises that you can perform. There are the Kegel exercises that you can do, but it's not a one size fits all. So it's really important that um, we don't self-diagnose ourselves. And I think for women, we tend to do that a lot. We tend to kind of use Google and WebMD and the Mayo Clinic as a as a baseline <laughs> and do um, do whatever we read there. But it's really important. I believe if you're going to start your pelvic floor journey to figure out really where you are on that spectrum and see if you are 
super clenched and you need to learn how to relax these muscles, or if you have a lot of atrophy uh, and not like kind of looser, but I need to clench and use Kegel exercises that way because a Kegel exercise might not be appropriate for you, even though we've read everywhere that they are the golden, the golden exercise. Um, but you actually have to do thousands of them like a week to get the benefits that we read about. And I don't have time for that. Mm-mm. No way. <laughs> so, that's, uh-uh. so that's kind of all. That's another reason why we created the Yard Lab is that for me, when we are talking and discussing about the pelvic floor muscles, and I'm sure you do as well, you're kind of overwhelmed when you read about it and you think, what am I supposed to do? How often am I supposed to do it? Am I using the right muscles even? And before using the ER lab, turns out I was using my butt when I was doing cable exercises because I had no idea where these muscles were located. They're isolated deep inside of my body. I can't see them. Yeah, it's it's very hard to pinpoint if you don't know where, you know, in your own body. Yeah. Yeah. And so 50%, over 50% of women who try to do a cable exercise end up using the wrong set of muscles. They end up using their thighs or their butt or their abs. And if you are using the wrong set of muscles, you're not going to get the benefits because you're not engaged in the correct muscle group. So it's really important that for us with Yarlap that we take all of that guesswork and all of that anxiety that we already feel for 700 other things throughout the day that we can take one thing off the plate and we can make sure that you're doing it properly for the right amount of time, the right exercise, relax or Kegel exercise, that you're doing it properly to get the benefits because it seems like for everything else, we're already set up for disaster. So this is something that we're going to make sure that there is no guesswork involved. You're good. And we got your back. Amazing. So I'm sure we're all like, all right, how do we use this thing? Um, (laughs) Because it is something that you want, you can like literally set a program to on the device. And so tell us like the process of how the Yar Lab helps with, um, with pelvic floor toning and like maybe what's similar, like obviously it's using the same muscles as a Kegel, but like what is happening? What's different than like a normal Kegel using this device? So the Yar Lab, again, what we did is we designed it so that all you had to do was insert it and Mm -hmm. pick a comfortable contraction. And I know when people hear contraction, they think of childbirth and they start crying. Don't do that. <laughs> Cause that's not what we're talking about. Um, we have a lot of people who like call into us cause they accidentally fell asleep while using it. So it's a really gentle, soothing feeling. And the technology behind it is that it sends a similar signal that your brain sends to your muscle to clench or relax the pelvic floor muscles, but it sends the, it sends it from the unit to the muscle instead. Because oftentimes when we try to do them ourselves, again, we either do them incorrectly, we engage the wrong muscle group, or we can't clench for the right amount of time. Um, Because it's not just a quick succession of one, two, three, four, five. I mean, that's a long time. So some people can't do that properly. And so the Yarlap sends a signal into the pelvic floor muscle for you so that that signal is not lost ever. And... Um, I think that that's really the key to our success is that it's, it does everything for you. It has taken all of that amazing, right? 
amount of time? Am I clenching it the right amount of time? Am I clenching the right muscles? Am I doing this even properly? Where is my pelvic floor? It takes all of that guesswork and does it for you. It's like a really nice vaginal training wheel system and does everything for you. I sit down, I watch TV. And then by the end of, you know, an episode of New Girl, I'm done for the day and it's magnificent and I've already done a workout. And so it's supposed to be quick, easy, fun, and effortless. That's the whole idea behind it. And slips right in like a tampon uh, or like a tube of lipstick. And it's a really gentle feeling, again, similar to the signal that your brain sends to your pelvic floor muscles is sent from the device into your pelvic floor muscles and just does, again, everything for you. No guesswork, none of that. I wish I had one of these for like every other area of my life. Just like, <laughs> it's like the checklist that we all wish we had to, you know, just just check. If you ever out. come out with one for like abs, I oh. will let everybody know. But oh, yeah. right now we're just trying to conquer the, the pelvic floor. Pelvic floor. So I know that um, I have a device and I, I, I like, I barely can feel it. I mean, it's not, when you say contractions, you're right. It's not. Don't think labor at all. Um, but there's three different like settings and you mentioned them before a little bit. Um, you know, stress incontinence, mix incontinence, and urge incontinence. Um can you kind of maybe go through those, like when to use what, or maybe if you don't know yeah. where to start, like how how would you go about that? Yeah. So again, it's really important that we figure out where we are on that, Mm -hmm. again, on that spectrum of strength, either we're really clenched. Um, and then you want to use the relaxation programs within the yard lap, which are the odd number programs. There are six inside the yard lap, one, two, three, four, five, six. I know really clever. Um, one, three, and five are the muscle relaxation programs. And those really help bring in blood flow and respiration into the pelvic floor muscles, which is really, really key for any kind of rehabilitation. And then two, four, and six are what we associate with like Kegel exercises, the clenching ones. And those can be for urge, stress, and mixed. And because we are an FDA cleared medical device, everything has to be labeled. Everything has to be labeled. Everything has to have like 600 different things written about it. And, um, that we didn't w- wake up one day and just say, Hey, we're going to try to be FDA clear. This is like a really long multi-year process to get to where we were because we're a, we're a bona fide medical device. So the difference between them is the work rest ratio time. So it can go anywhere between like three to 18 seconds of rest and clenching and rest and clenching, because you do not want to be clenched for a long period of time. I think I'm not sure about you, but for me, um, when I first read about Kegel exercises, it was like, try to hold it as long as you can and then release it, you know, and then try to hold it as long as you can and then release it. And you you try to do that for as long as you could. And then you end up giggling because it turns out you can only do like three reps of that. And in reality, you really want to be doing quick spurts of like work, rest, work, rest, work, rest work rest for 20 minutes. And it's, there's a lot of um, Kegel exercises. If you do programs two, four, and six, within the ER lab, there are a lot of them that are done. And again, you have to do like thousands of these Kegel exercises that you read about a week 
to get the benefits that you're reading about and that you're hoping for. And the ER lab just does all of that for you. And it, it ensures that you kind of won't overdo it. Um, that you're not going to just sit there and do three reps of as long and as hard as you can and then just give up. Because I think that that's another thing is we don't see the results that we want and we kind of give up because what's the point of wasting my time? Uh, and the brilliance behind the Yarlap is that we take that guesswork away and that you don't give up because you can, you can see that your efforts are paying off and you're doing it again without having to put in any real effort. Um, your body's just kind of doing it mindlessly for you. Amazing. Amazing. And so this is, you know, whether you have some type of a symptom or not, maybe you just want to try it like me as just like overall pelvic floor wellness. This is something that you can continue to do regardless, right. Of if you have a symptom, like this isn't a quick fix thing. I know people are able to see results and actually can feel a difference, but this is something you can do you know, for the rest of your life, really. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is, we get a lot of people who are, who have bladder issues or lackluster orgasms or do want to do it for postpartum wellness. But we also have a lot of people who have never had kids or they're, they aren't in a point in life where they want to have kids or anything like that, but they know women who laugh, pee, cough, and they pee themselves. And like, I don't want to be part of that group. How do I prevent that? And we, uh, we help maintain pelvic floor control. So even if you are, you know, like, like the two of us, where we're just like, we don't want to be part of that group, please. Um, the RLF is still beneficial because it will help keep and maintain that tone. Beautiful. And, you know, not to, I feel like we need to bring it back to the sexual wellness part because that's where our power lies. I mean, as you said, a beautiful workout of an orgasm is one of the theories out there. What are like, tell us all the things with pelvic floor, um, pelvic floor toning and sexual wellness. Like, let's just do, let's do a deep dive. Cause I feel like this is a great conversation to have and that women need to own it. There shouldn't be a stigma. Like if you're having lackluster orgasm, pain during sex, or just like not enjoying it, like take some fucking responsibility and like own your life and your pleasure. I think so many of us just think, oh, well, it's just not for me. But anyway, I I can go. I'm a little soapbox here about this, but please enlighten us. No, I'm I'm happily <laughs> listening. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Please, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I think that a lot of people believe, uh, and again, I was one of these people that, and when we go through sexual education, which is a whole different thing, don't get me started on it. Um, is that it, it? It doesn't really actually go into pleasure. It doesn't go into anything like that. Uh, especially for women. I, at my school, we also didn't go into like anything pleasurable at all. All we talked about was like STDs, but anyway, again, not what we're talking about. Um, the pelvic floor, again, everybody's got one. Everybody has one. The big difference is that when we're trying to do them for women, it's really hard because they're isolated deep inside. We can't see them. If you have a penis, if you have a, if you're a penis haver, when you try to do a Kegel exercise, you can see the penis go up and down. And so you're like, okay, I kind of got like a, a slight visual indicator. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing them correctly or that you're doing them for the right amount of time, but you have a slight visual indicator. Vulva havers, vagina havers, we don't have that pleasure. 
And so it's really hard. And most of the time, we actually don't know that there is a pelvic floor in our body until pregnancy or trying to conceive a postpartum. Um, or we are like in our, we're later in life and we're peeing ourselves and we have absolutely no idea why. And then we find out we have this like hidden muscle group that we've had our entire life that we didn't know existed. And I think that's a, a massive disservice to women because it is so important for having an orgasm. Again, that pulsating, that, um, that quick pull feeling is your pelvic floor muscle working out and doing something. And when you're able to have pelvic floor muscle control, if you are able to do a Kegel exercise, your body kicks in with muscle memory and goes, Hey, I know how to do this. And I know how to do it really well. And I'm really strong at it. And it just takes over. And you have this like mind blowing. Sometimes I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of times you have a, you have a stronger response to this, like, firework orgasm that we've read in all of these books. We're like, how do I have one of the, how do I have one of those? And are the authors just making stuff up? And so it's it's really, really important that we kind of take control of the pelvic floor muscle because it's not just your vagina for sex. There are so many other things, right? Your clitoris, uh, your labia, all that stuff is part of it. It's not your just your vagina, but I think a lot of people think vagina is that whole area. Your vagina is actually just the tubular part inside of you. It's actually your vulva area that we're talking about. And your clitoris runs along your pelvic floor muscles. So your clitoris is kind of like a iceberg. You see about 20% of it and you see the little bulb the guy, the man in the canoe, um, the little, the little guy sticking out. That's about 20%. That's not, that's not just the clitoris. Your clitoris runs almost like a wishbone looking thing inside of you. And it's massive. And so for some women, it can wrap down your thigh a little bit. It can touch the inner part of your thighs, which is why someone get really turned on when you rub the inside of their thighs. And some women, it wraps around your anus, which is why some women just absolutely love and get off on anal and some of them are like absolutely not and so so your clitoris again runs along the pelvic floor muscles so when you are engaging your pelvic floor muscles during intercourse during sex it also hits upon the clitoris and again you have this wave of pleasure your kegel exercises kick in everything starts working like a very fine-tuned machine all the parts are working and again fireworks. So it's really important that we know it's not just the vagina. Vaginal sex is not the only thing available. There are other parts inside and a really key component is your pelvic floor. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. No, 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 no. I'm just going, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm just not in my head over here. Not in my head over here. Yeah. And thank you for explaining that to us, especially about like, I didn't, I, I mean, I I understood the iceberg description of the clitoris, but I didn't realize that it could be internally different places like that. That that's, I mean, makes total sense that that's like yeah. so cool. I'm learning. I'm learning. I, I don't even have to like post these podcasts. I just love meeting and learning <laughs> things every week. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very intense. I think because 
again, it's not like a one size fits all situation. And again, with the pelvic floor, it's a spectrum almost. And Mm -hmm. with your clitoris, it, it's, it's not one size fits all. Everybody's looks different, just like how everybody's vulvas look different. And it's really important that you find out what works for you and that you make sure that your pelvic floor tone fits you. Again, the Kegel exercise is not going to be the golden save all exercise. If you're depending on where you are on this, on this spectrum of, of pelvic floor health. And I think that that's a really important thing that we distinguish is that not everybody's the same. You can't treat everybody the same because we're all over the place. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And I think not only like the Yarlap has a, has options for everybody, right? That this mm-hmm. advice is it, it's a one-stop for all because depending upon where your body's at and all that kind of stuff. But also I think that paints a picture to, of acceptance and love that we all are different and that's very beautiful. And I know women are self-conscious about our anatomy and, you know, oh, my vulva doesn't look like what it should or, you know, I don't know what the heck that's supposed to mean. <laughs> but there, I think it's, we're all unique for a reason. It's like your, your, your fingerprint and learning to accept that and learning to engage in practices like pelvic floor toning like this to love yourself, to mm-hmm. build yourself up, literally build your muscles up to fully experience what it's like to be you in your body, whether it's incontinence or, or sexual wellness, like I don't think we realize how good we can feel until, until we really take the time. And it, this is part of self-care. That's why I, I love learning about this is how, how can, you know, like almost like biohacking in a way and self-care, like how can, how can I feel my best in my body? And mm-hmm. that changes all the time, but this is a, a great option. If you are new or more of like a veteran into the pelvic floor world, um, I've noticed so I do meditation and breath work and I do, um, a, a yogi, a lot of molabandas, which is like a pelvic floor lock. And I've noticed like, I can pinpoint it easier now. Um, because you're right. Like, it's kind of hard. Like if you squeeze it really hard, you might be squeezing your anus, like nobody's squeezing your abs. Like, but you can, you know, it's, not, it's, I can't describe it in words, but I know kind of the gist of it now. Um, so it's helped me just become more aware of, of things and connected to myself. And I, I find that empowering because I think we just kind of shut off like, Oh, you know, that's just something below the belt, you know? And I think part of my mission on the show is I love having people on like you to explain like, okay, here's medically speaking, here's, here's what's accepted, but here's what our bodies are supposed to be doing. You're like, this is what optimal health looks like. And there's there's no stigma around all of this. And yeah, you don't want to pee yourself, but do you want to have amazing orgasms and feel good to feel pleasure in your body? Yeah. Sign, sign me yes. up for this. <laughs> I would take three now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a really important thing. Again, I think a lot of women, we feel deep shame about anything below the belt, um, whether it is vaginal related, vulva vaginal related, or anus related, anything like that. We just kind of back off. 
and accept it for what it is, even though it, because it's common, we believe it's normal and that's not the case, especially with when it regards to bladder leaks and um, a lackluster orgasm. I think we're just kind of like, okay, well, this is part of being a woman. This is part of my journey. I guess I'm no longer going to have control of my bowels. I'm not going to have mind-blowing sex anymore. And that's okay. That's, I guess that's, I've said my piece were okay. And that isn't true. And I, and it, it is heartbreaking that a lot of people, many women believe that that is a big thing, especially when we go towards menopause, because menopause also correlates with the pelvic floor muscles because a drop in hormone can cause, you know, atrophy in these muscles can cause a weakening of muscles and your pelvic floor muscle is no exception. So I think it's really important for everybody to know that just because something is common may not mean that it's normal. And if you feel like something is off, talk to somebody about that. And if they make you feel shame, buy next person. That's not going to like anybody who makes you feel shame about your health and about you taking control of your health anybody who makes you feel embarrassed or shame or anything like that, dump them and get a new one. Amen. Shame on them for making you feel bad about being your best self, especially if you're trying to be a better version of yourself. So I think for me, it's, I'm always yelling. I'm always telling that to my friends. And like, if anybody, especially your doctor makes you feel guilty or shame or anything like that about your body, because you're trying to make it better, get a new one. So yeah. I, that it's, that's just me on my soapbox. Now. Oh, I love it. It's so welcome here. I, I completely agree. Um, Dr. Christian Northrop, who's like the goddess of women's health, alternative health back in the day. Um, she's so speaks so elegantly about that. She's like, the doctor might have a um, body of knowledge, but you have knowledge of your own body. So mm-hmm. don't allow, yes, they have, they've studied this, but don't allow that to deter you for, for, you know, being your own advocate. And like you said, shop around if you aren't communicating well, or you're not getting support you need it just like a relationship, any kind of relationship, like, like you said, drop them, move on, like find something that works, works for you. And um, I guess the whole, to summarize this whole conversation, don't settle. Yeah. Don't settle. <laughs> Don't settle. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Um, if there's, there's never any need to do that ever. So yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I think that that's a big thing again with us as a society is that we are kind of like telling women, this is part of a journey. This is a new chapter. This is something you got to suck up. And it's like, no, no. No, <laughs> it's not how the body works, but thank you for, thank you for trying. Um, and so I, I, for me, if I could just instill like one thing is anybody who makes you feel shame about your body, if you ever feel uncomfortable and I understand feeling uncomfortable at a doctor's office, cause you're there by yourself and they're like, they know, they seem like they know everything. Um, but I, like you said, and like Dr. Northrop said, you know you, 
you know what's going on with you. So if something feels off or something's not right, you're paying yourself, you're not having great sex anymore, you're having lackluster orgasms, any kind of like loss of control, go and talk to somebody about it and open up the conversation. I can guarantee you're probably not the only person of the day that they've talked to about this. So um, it's okay. It's okay. And it's okay to feel embarrassed to talk about it. I'm not saying every, you know, don't feel embarrassed. Everybody feels embarrassed about something. I feel embarrassed sometimes when I go into the doctor's office, but you get better when you talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I could just keep talking to you forever <laughs> and ever. Keep co co passing the mic on our soapboxes here. <laughs> but was there anything else? I mean, that was a beautiful note to end on. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover or like talk about before we start to close the show down? No, I think we, I think we covered it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We made, we talked off air. We made incontinence and pelvic floor sexy. I think we did we it. Go. I think we, we did. It. That was our mission. <laughs> that was a mission. Um, but thank you so much, Mary Ellen, for coming on and breaking down the stigma and telling the truth in so many ways. Um, we closed out every show the same way. How may we, the listeners as a big gift hug of gratitude be of service for you and return today i would say figure out where we are on this pelvic floor spectrum figure out really where you are because it's hard to start your journey when you don't know where you're starting from so we want to make sure that we treat your body with respect and with love and we do what's appropriate and we do the exercises that are appropriate for you and the only way to do that is to really find out where you are for that um so my thing would be take a little bit of self-care and figure out where you are on that um pelvic floor strength spectrum beautiful 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 thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us all today it was such a pleasure speaking of pleasure with you (laughs) sorry bad joke bad joke everybody (laughs) i love a good pen so it was good i liked it Thank you so much. Thank you. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.